0: The views, opinions, and or advice provided on the Still Persisting podcast are not to be taken as a substitute for medical or psychiatric advice or treatment. Hello Everybody and welcome to episode five of the Still Persisting podcast. I am Star luz your podcast creator, your guide, your friend, your advocate. Today, I wanted to discuss the book that I had just finished reading. It is called Doc. The Rape of the Town of Lovell by Jack Olson. And I will put information about the book uh, in the notes for this episode. And holy bananas, guys. This book was profound. And I say this because, as many of y'all know, I actually have experience working with, uh, sexual assault survivors and without too many spoilers, although there will probably be spoilers for this episode. So, um, I'll see if I can remember to say the word spoiler before I, uh, talk about it. But it basically centers around this small town in Wyoming, uh, that is, uh, a town mostly populated by LDS or uh, the Church of the Latter-day Saints. We know them uh, colloquially as Mormons. And this practicing family doctor who proceeds to, over the course of his career, um, take advantage of several of the women uh, in this Mormon town. And Subsequently, uh, talks about his trial and his um, and his sentencing and what and the aftermath of that for the victim survivors. So, I really resonated with this book. Uh, I read slash listened to it. So there are some people who have the school of thought that. A listening to an audiobook isn't reading it, um, but I beg to differ because you still get all the effects of the words um, and so i I listen to it It's narrated uh by a male narrator, uh, which I think may have made it a little bit difficult for me uh personally. There are really very few male narrators that I can um that I could really listen to or that I enjoy listening to. And unfortunately, uh, because of the serious tone of this book, I really don't think that you know you could have had a, a narrator who made it more animated. But uh, it was very dense as far as the subject matter. Which of course talks a lot about um, rape or sexual assault. So in this book, you have a doctor who gets called to the small town, and um, because of the religious aspects of the community, it is very, very difficult for survivors to talk about what happened to them. Um, And uh, because of the vulnerability of the members, especially the female members of this community, It was also very difficult for survivors to acknowledge uh, what this person had done to them. So uh, the whole thing, if you've ever actually worked with sexual assault survivors, if you've been a sexual assault survivor and you belong to that club, uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, I do too. But uh, so a lot of the process around reporting... A lot of the feelings of shame or of anger, self-loathing, all of these things will seem really familiar. So I suggest that um, you definitely take this book uh, in bits and pieces because it can be very, very uh, triggering for people who have had to... Uh, deal with or have been exposed to this kind of trauma for me it took me about two and a half weeks or so to listen to the complete book simply because even though it's a 16-hour book and I could burn through a 16-hour book in less than uh, a week it was so heavy and oh man i don't think i've been so angry at a book in my entire life which goes to show what a great job um the author did in in his research the um i had to take it in bits and pieces i couldn't i couldn't do it otherwise and i had to find other ways to make myself feel better after reading some of the, some of the pieces. So, uh, a friend of mine asked me why I would put myself through something like that. Um, especially given my, uh, profession and my own trauma. And it was because I wanted to remind myself of why I do the work. Uh, which may sound a little masochistic, but, um, I don't work directly with sexual assault survivors uh, right now because I work with refugees, uh, which does not mean that there aren't any, but I don't work with that particular subject matter. So being reminded of the struggle of how sexual assault survivors, especially those who are in such a vulnerable state that they're Person of authority or somebody that they trust was actually the one who did this crime against them um, is really important. And the there are some salient points that I really I wanted to rage at the uh, at the book, um, which I think was part of the. The reason, like that was part of the reason that the book was written was, yes, it's supposed to induce this outrage because it's a true crime novel. But like I said, um, the author did a fabulous uh, amount of research on how survivors are treated in court, how they're treated by systems that are supposed to be there to protect them, such as the legal system or um in the case of uh very many religious folks would be like their church leaders and how do they look upon that um and the role that religion uh organized religion uh and the rules and regulations of a religious society or religiously um bound society such as Uh, the LDS community or um, some uh, Christian fundamentalist churches and whatnot, how that actually plays out as far as um, sexual assault uh, within the congregation or within the town. And how there is a sort of an ivory tower-esque person can't do any wrong because they're an upstanding member of the community mentality uh, is uh, portrayed in this because this doctor um, you get told right away that he is a bit of a dork or a dweeb um, because this takes place in like the 1970s and 80s Uh, he's mild mannered he doesn't seem very assuming. And so, of course, at face value, uh, nobody would suspect that this person would have committed these atrocities. And uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to seriously rage was because uh, during the defense, and here's a spoiler, um, during the defense, they talk about if the this man who is such a devout Christian, such a devout man, such a good man, such an upstanding man in society, dedicated to helping others, you know, why would he look at you know, someone lustily? Or do you get the impression that he is uh, consumed by lust? And for anyone who has ever worked with sexual assault, you would know that sexual assault has nothing to do with lust, desire, or actual sex. Sex is the weapon. So, uh, it is about power, which is really fundamentally uh, what it boils down to. uh, The power over. And uh, sex was the weapon of choice. So... Um, But I wanted to, like, rage at at the defense for bringing up lust or desire as opposed to what sexual assault really was about. So, you know, there goes that particular spoiler, I guess. But for anybody who has ever had a sit-through testimony or... Uh, having to report to law enforcement or having to report to legal authorities about sexual assault, we'll see that that's not really much of a spoiler at all because that is something that gets brought up a lot with regards to sexual assault. Um, And then we have the way that... The victims are portrayed, so it it is very clear off the bat that, you know, some of the women in the community, particularly one woman who is a main uh, character, I guess, or a main witness, is very attractive. And so they want to point out that she's attractive, so that must be, you know, her fault. So there's a whole lot of victim blaming that tends to happen, uh, sort of throughout the book, um, and we see that when we work with sexual assault survivors, uh, where it's like, well, what did you do? Or, you know, did you dress provocatively? Did you do this? Did you do that? Um, a lot of defenses against sexual assault claims is, well, she must have invited it, right? Right or she must have been the one to flirt with him, or what have you. So so we see that. We see um, the religious component play a huge, huge part of this book. Because of the communities involved, um, there are... I learned probably more about LDS just reading... <laughs> this book than I have ever known about LDS, ever. Um, Simply because it is such a prevalent piece because it is mostly an LDS town, but also, um, and you see this being hinted at over the course of the book, but it really comes through in the end uh, uh, with the analysis, Um, like the the court analysis or, uh, the, the analysis of the, the psychological analysis of the perpetrator, um, that it's how this person viewed LDS folks, how this person viewed, uh, you know, in light of his own religion. So we see a lot of, uh, sociopathy or um mostly sociopathy because he doesn't have any remorse um as opposed to psychopathy but uh about how he treats these women because they were mostly women and young girls that were victimized um and he had uh a pattern uh, which the spoiler the Psychological analysis for the court portrayed. And he talks about how he doesn't agree with LDS. And and so, you know, and that becomes a, a prevalent part of the book is this sort of religious fundamentalism um, and religious doctrine that this doctor... And his family have or uphold uh, for, like, the reason for doing things, right? And he's also very conservative, so he has issues with government oversight or government overstep, um, and he has issues of his own importance of, I'm the doctor, I know what I'm doing, and how can you question me? So, and spoiler, but... It's not something that is unusual. So that's why I say that some of these spoilers are not really spoilers. Because what you're seeing is classic behavior. Classic narcissistic or sociopathic behavior of perpetrators. I'm the person in charge. Or I am the person in authority. Or how dare you question me because I'm the one who knows and you know nothing. So... This really was brought home in the book Um, and also what was brought home in the book was the reverse, was the treatment, the feelings, the confusion, the isolation of survivors and uh, also how their religious upbringing played a part in that as far as how does your uh, culture or your religion portrays sex or sexual marital acts or um, you know the comprehensive sex education or lack thereof like they they do bring this up uh, as part of the victim side of the story and it was like hearing my clients all over again so I could hear it uh, as so I knew what was coming as I was listening to this book, and it was profound because it is really easy to forget that these crimes are isolating. It is really easy to forget that there's a lot of shame associated with victim survivor um, for themselves. So not because we're ashamed of them, but rather because they feel the shame themselves or we feel the shame ourselves. And how hard it is that even in a tight-knit community to have these conversations. Uh, So being a person who works on empowerment, um, having a business or a coaching business, as it were, where I talk about trauma and empowerment, especially sexual trauma, is taking apart the the veneer of the shame um, and taking apart like the the layers of shame and isolation and really allowing that to that hurt to be exposed, which, like any wound, will hurt a lot. But we find that other women, other people, because it's not necessarily just female-identifying persons who get sexually assaulted, others get sexually assaulted, trans women, trans men, um... Men, cis het men, uh, gay men, gay women, non-binary folks. Sexual assault isn't about gender. And uh, even though this novel actually sort of portrayed it more as a gender thing, because it was mostly women and young girls um, who were sexually assaulted, but it is by no means comprehensive because sexual assault can happen anywhere at any time to any person, regardless of gender. Um, and that's a sobering thought, I know, but it was amazing that how much the someone who believed them meant. And the camaraderie that was found or the support that was found despite uh, a town or or authority figures um, all but spitting in their faces, which survivors get this a lot, especially if they're going against someone in authority or someone in good standing, um, despite all these challenges that there was solidarity and finding strength that you were not alone uh which i thought was was very very poignant in this book so yeah this this book if you read it or listen to it take it in small doses get yourself something that will you know your your favorite cup of hot chocolate your favorite cup of tea um have something ready for sort of a mind cleanser uh, such as something my husband calls it uh, brain candy. So something like a a different book or a cartoon or something that will make you laugh or remind you that there's good in the world um, because it is heavy material. Uh, But it is an excellent, excellent piece of writing and I highly recommend uh, someone to read it, uh, especially if you want to know a little bit about how the legal system and how the grooming process works as far as laying foundations so that, uh, if it ever comes to light, that there would be these supporters of the perpetrator, because that is the gaslighting piece, that's the, uh, that's the crazy-making piece, so uh, which is very, very prevalent uh, in sexual assault and domestic violence, um, about getting other people, because I'm such a good person, I couldn't possibly have done all these things, and it has to be a conspiracy. Um, it's also a, a really good study on human behavior and herd mentality. So, uh, you know, if, if these are the kinds of things that really appeal to you as far as reading material or maybe something to study as a, as a sort of fictional portrayal or true crime portrayal of things that happen in real life, then I totally recommend this book. This is not a light beach reading kind of book, so have your support structures in place, have your uh, personal self-care in place, So that when you do take your bits and pieces, uh, definitely have that uh, to fall back on so that uh, you take care of yourself. Um, And if you have read the book, if you do read the book or listen to the book, please let me know. Uh, You can comment on this episode. You can send me an email. You can look me up on social media. And just let me know how you liked it. Uh, or didn't like it, or how it made you feel. I, I look forward to, to connecting. So that's all I have for you for today. And I hope that y'all have a fabulous rest of your day. And I will catch you all next time. Bye.